What's happening, weirdos? <laughs> Do it again. What's happening, weirdos? It's just, it, it's, this is a new one. This is a new episode. I am sitting with Sweet Lady Val here in uh, our garage. Um, and Val has a polyp, which is, let's, can we, can we discuss the word polyp? It's like pap smear. It's like mucus. It's like, there's just, it's like quiche. It's like panties. I actually don't have a problem with the word panties, but I know people that don't like panties. I also don't have, don't have a problem with quiche, but polyp. Po- oh, what was that Paul Simon song I wrote today? Oh, no. Yeah, I know it's newspaper. Newspaper. Is that it? I wrote a Paul Simon song today, and it goes like this. Black and white. Black and white. Uh, read all about it in the newspaper. Right. What's that? Black and white? Feel all right? Read all about it in the newspaper. The newspaper. I I have never... We were joking that I am writing a Paul Simon song. Paul Simon has to be somewhere talking about the Enneagram. That's the joke you made, which is so perfect. Because we were getting gas on our way to... It doesn't matter. And I just went... I said, like, I guess we should read the newspaper. And I was like, oh, that's like a new, like 2020 Paul Simon sitting around being like, black and white, left and right, liberal Democrat or Republican, stand it. Ooh, who's up to it again? Up to his old nonsense, my old friend in the newspaper. (laughs) If you're not laughing... I can't help you. Like, have you not? I'm talking to the people who aren't laughing. Have you not heard, like, you're the one moving forward? I'm not doing Graceland, Paul Simon. I'm doing in his 70s, kind of like he's writing a song about Twitter. And I love new Paul Simon. But he's writing a song kind of about Twitter and the media. But he's like, have your coffee, have your cream. See the people lose American dream in the newspaper. (laughs) The newspaper. This... This is, this is what would make me laugh. That's all I can say. Newspaper. Like a very, what do you got? I love how little time you spent on the polyp. You oh. didn't even explain the voice app. That? You couldn't wait to get to your bit. Let's be honest. This is sort of my dream. <laughs> You're here, but you can't stop me from doing newspaper. Black and white, feel all right. Read all about it in the new. Like the specific. Oh, we're gonna get to the polyp, but the specific, the way he likes doing tr- tried and true phrases, like Maxim, like read all about it in the newspaper. Like he likes that. Oh God, I think I think I've overstayed my own welcome on this bit. Like, it's not funny to me anymore. Okay, what do you got? This is how you wish it always was. That is so funny. No. <laughs> let's let's rein it in, Pete. <laughs> let's rein it in. Uh, I am excited to be doing a podcast. I am sorry that you can't talk. Uh... And there is obviously the joke is that this is my dream, that I get to just do bits 
and all you can do, and you're doing it now, it's so sweet, is just smile and sort of glow at me. And I get to go, newspaper, and you'll never, like, there's no host to go, okay, I think everyone's heard enough of news. Like, picture Paul Simon in, like, a fedora. It's, like, a little small. It's a little small for him. And a scarf, like a rainbow scarf and a charcoal gray, long sleeve, thin sweater. Like, it's a sweater, but it's very thin. It's a style sweater more than a warm sweater. Newspaper. Okay. Val has a polyp. You were singing and shouting. Valerie did... I actually like this as a PSA. Uh, and also, by the way, I can I can feel the hearts breaking that Val won't be able to talk as much on this episode. And and I'm with you. It's been a bit of a bummer. Like, we went to breakfast, and, I, and we talked through the app, because you have to rest your voice. That's where you go. So Val screamed, uh, like in a fun way, with a friend, and was singing shortly after that. You did karaoke like two days after you had the screaming. What, what do we got? Basically right. Um, it's so sweet. You can take your time. Katie, Katie will edit out the gaps. Type, type. Don't feel like you have to type in real time. I did a therapeutic scream. You did a therapeutic scream. I want to say this as a PSA. If you're ever having uh, a lovely time with friends... And like so many mammals have in the past, decide to have a roaring contest. Um, don't do it. Like the let's see who can scream as loud as louder than the other, or like let's just yell at the mountains. Really, like there's a certain level that you can do it. But then we talked about this that John Lennon and a friend of his, who I forget who it was, but it was a musician. They had a contest to see who could scream the loudest, and the other guy never sang again. Like, he just ripped his voice out. So that's a helpful, already worth it, this episode. What, what do we got, Val? The song is really if your voice is hoarse, rest it immediately. The what? <laughs> the PSA, and it said PSA. PSA. The PSA is really if your voice is hoarse, rest it immediately. OMG, we're old people, Val. Because my, my pro tip for anybody over 30 is if you hurt your foot, Get it on a boot. Did you just write it's like a broken ankle? You wrote it's like a broken ankle. If you hurt your foot and you're over 22, like you hear a crunch or a twist, either put it on a boot or just rest it for two days at least immediately. Or you'll be resting it for four months and sleeping in a boot. Sleeping in a boot and dreaming that a snake is eating one of your legs nightly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is fun. This is fun. So how are you, Mama? Take your time. I am a slow texted, so this is a true nightmare. It's not a night a slow texter. <laughs> it's not a nightmare. I think it's funny. I we were listening to Brett Goldstein's podcast today. Movies to movies to be buried with. Oi. Um and I was loving it, and I just remembered how fun go ahead. How fun podcasts are. What do you got? <laughs> Meaning. Huba, Huba. <laughs> Huba, Huba. I mean, if you're not laughing at newspaper, you have to laugh at Val typing Hubba Hubba and Siri saying Huba, Huba. Because that's how much you love Brett Goldstein. 
Oi, Val. Couldn't help but notice you really liking the scenes of me making out with Keely. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. Welcome. Look, here, can I say what my, my strong feeling is about this episode? It doesn't matter if it's 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. This will be one we'll remember for the ages. We'll always, like, you know what I mean? The novelty of it is making up for me the fact that you can't, that you can't talk. I'll just write things like nurture your body and insert it periodically into the conversation. Oh my God. That, I mean, you're way more than that. If you were singing newspaper, if some musician out there can do a Paul Simon impression and wants to record newspaper, I think we could sell it to Paul Simon for $75,000. You know, that's actually pretty good. Black and white. Feel all right. Um, Tell the people about the Lithuanian car bomb. Oh my God! So, right around the time of the of newspaper this morning, we pulled over and got gas. I love getting gas in the same way I love getting groceries. I just love like taking care of little little winnable games. So I was happy to pull over at a local. I won't even say Chevron. It was. And uh, I got, <laughs> I opened the door, uh, and as I turned to close the door, a little, uh, little sneaker, little sneaky, uh, little butt mistake, as we like to say. <laughs> oh my God, why are you making me say this? And I'm alone. I'm just twisting in the wind. I have to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was the most 42 fart ever because I wasn't like, sometimes I fart and I'm like, here comes a fart, like the Beatles, here comes the, (laughs) you know, here comes the fart, meaning it was a choice. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. This was a, this was a involuntary and I turned, my butt was towards the car door. Val was in the car. I closed the car door immediately after the fart. I filled up with gas thinking maybe Val didn't notice. And then you rolled down the window. Is that right? And I leaned over and I thought you were just going to say something cute. And you said, that was like a Lithuanian car bomb. Which it was. I locked, I locked you in the car with just a little bit of morning glory. Just a little, just a little trouble. Just a little dastardly deed. You're typing. I'm going to switch to a male voice so I can do a callback for the hardcore fans. You, okay, you're going to switch to a male voice so you can do a, a callback. Okay. My favorite band is Damn Yankees. Oh my god. That's racist Stephen Hawking? <laughs> oh my god. You did racist Stephen Hawking. The true, the true fans are really enjoying. My favorite band is Damn Yankees. Yeah, that was more Stephen Hawking, you mean? Well, see, his voice was male. I thought that was, that was female. It doesn't matter. That is hilarious, Valerie. Well, uh, we also, we should do some... You want to talk about Olipop? This will be funny. 
Do you like Olipop, Valerie? Yum. Oh my God. Valerie loves Olipop. We were just, we went to a restaurant in um, Hyde, Hyde Park? Hyde Park this morning. <laughs> no, Hyde Park's in Chicago. Highland Park. And Highland Park, and they were selling Olipop in the, in the grocer's market section. And I was like, look at Olipop. It really is the fastest growing functional beverage company in America. Classic cola is my favorite. <laughs> oh. oh, guys, if you like our show, if you like this disaster show, we like it. Buy some Olipop. Olipop is our favorite soda. It is so good. It is not like these lightly flavored sparkling water drinks. It's like a can of capital S soda, but it's a new kind of soda that tastes amazing and is actually good for you. Val likes classic cola. I like classic grape, which is unbelievable and reminds me literally of a very specific memory I have of being at a, a, a birthday party in seventh grade, and I got uh, grape Fanta because that was my choice. And actually, people thought that was weird. That's why it's a memory. I remember some of the cooler girls being like, it was this. It was this girl that I had a crush on, Emily, said, can I have a sip of your soda? Big deal. Big fucking deal. This is at Wall Lex between Waltham and Lexington. Oh, la, la. <laughs> and my junior high crush, Emily, asked me for a sip of my soda. And then she said, what kind is it? And I'm ready for it. That's basically a kiss. That's basically a kiss. You kiss my cup. I kiss the cup. We've kissed. But better than that, there was a swish of soda in the middle. It's better than hubba, a- hubba. <laughs> But the memory, unfortunately, was she said, what kind was it? And it was Welch's grape, which I always thought was the best soda because it was called sparkling grape soda. And I, I was so young. I remember looking at it and going, I think I can see the sparkles, meaning like stars. Like I would imagine it and it would make the drink taste better because it was called sparkling grape soda. All soda sparkles. It's... Go ahead. That's so cute. Thank you, Mama. It's like in Mad Men when he when they're doing Lucky Strike and they go, "It's toasted," and they're like, "All cigarettes are toasted," but they're like, "No, ours is toasted." Like, uh, so it was sparkling. Anyway, and then I said, "It's grape," and she went, "Ew," and didn't want any. So it's not a great memory, but it is. The soda wasn't at fault. I was at least I had the soda. After the rejection. And thanks to Olipop, <laughs> weaving it back in. I have classic grape. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. These are like the sodas I grew up with, but unlike sh- uh, the real soda or other soda, I guess we could say, that are full of sugar. This is a real soda. Regular soda. Full of sugar, corn syrup, artificial ingredients like aspartame. Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. They have vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and classic grape, my favorite, even if Emily doesn't like it, although she's a grown woman now, she probably would like it. They use functional ingredients that combine with benefits of probiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals that support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. 90% of Americans get way more sugar than is recommended by the USDA, and sweetened beverages like soda are the leading source of added sugar. Uh, take, for example, the, so, uh, <laughs> the cola, which is Val's favorite, two to five grams 
of sugar from fruit sources, it's not cane sugar, it's like from fruit juice, uh, is in the cola, is two grams of sugar, again, from fruit juice, as compared to the cane sugar in Coca-Cola. Want to guess? You can see it. Go ahead. Type your guess. It'll be really cute. Really cute. Here it comes. 25 grams. You even made it a question. 39 grams, my love. Holy shit. An orange. Well. <laughs> okay. Their orange squeeze, which is also amazing, only has five grams of fruit sugar as compared to orange Fanta, which has 44. The fuck is going on here? And uh, it's smooth, just like a regular soda, but it has fiber, and it's really hard to find uh, fiber in your diet. One of the founders, their mission was to get more fiber into the American diet and less sugar and prebiotics, which is great for your microbiome. You know we're all about that gut health. So, And best part, it tastes incredible. I consider it like a sneaky treat. It's like my reward. If I work out or after I work out, have a nice Olipop to get some, get some energy back into my blood. And it, it fires off in the brain. I'm having a treat. But you're only getting two grams of sugar, which is incredible. And it's delicious. And it's amazing tasting. And there's another way of saying delicious. What do you got? We get it. You work out. <laughs> oh, my God. You. I'm going to read about our love in the newspaper. You are so good. <laughs> They're so confident that you will love their products that they have a 100-back 100 100 back money guarantee. 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through the website, which is how we get it. Um, I don't know. I was a little skeptical. How's it going to come? Is it going to be intact? Perfectly intact. Perfectly packed. Perfectly delivered. Boom. Right in the fridge. Start enjoying it. So for weirdos, you get 20% off and free shipping. 20% off and free shipping. Do you have it ready, Mama? I recommend trying their variety pack. It's a great way to try out all the flavors and show your support of the show. Go to drinkollipop.com slash weird <laughs> or use promo code weird at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash weird. Or if you want to buy it IRL, they have it in over 6,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. All right, we'll just we'll spread the ads out. We won't just do ads. What else is going on, Mama? Wait, you have to Weird. <laughs> I Can I say one thing? I wanted to give a little Brody update. Was Hoagies. It... Hoagies? Hollandaise? Please. Please. I think this is really sweet. Those of you that listen to this podcast, there's a few things that are like arcs in the show. Arcs meaning just the things that we love to always think about. One... Uh, my Enneagram number. I, I'm constantly obsessing on like where I am on the Enneagram. Lately, I've been. Can I? I want to play this for you. Actually, this is um, this is an incredible. Go ahead. Please. Oh my God! I would love to get this guy on. His name is Russ Hudson. He wrote a book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. And uh, why? Why do YouTube ads that have someone opening a door and letting you in into a space? I'm so much more likely to watch it because I'm like, he's letting me in his home or their home. What, what am I going to see? What could be in there? Totes. Totes, right? That's why they all do it. I've watched that ad before and I'm, I'm embarrassed to meet it, uh, uh, admit it. Okay. Russ Hudson, who's taught with Richard Rohr on the Enneagram. This is one minute and 25 seconds. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, 
I think I'm a four based on this video. Um, and for anyone listening, the Enneagram is a personality test. There's nine types. The four is the individualist or the romantic. I thought I was a, an achiever. Just And here's, here's why this is hopefully interesting and applicable to everybody. Even if you're not a four, knowing about the different types, we all have some of the types in us. So I thought there was something really interesting to learn a little bit about the romantic part of all of us which might be where I spend most of my time. But I also want to I want to hear what you think, Mama. Four is the part of us that loves depth and intimacy and beauty. Could the sound be worse? Could the sound be worse? Terrible. The sound is so bad. I didn't notice when I watched it, but now that we're capturing the audio... It's the worst. I, I can recap. I can summarize. What do you got? And the camera is so close to his face. You are so... I will take one fiftieth of a Valerie over a hundred percent of any other person in the world. Ah. Uh. I would take your little toe wiggling at just the right times, waving at me, snuggling up. Than ten other motherfuckers. You are my dream, and even in this in this dark polyp time, you're a true delight. Let's make out. Oh my god! Of course, I'm into it. Our safe word can be. <laughs> What's our safe word? Weird. <laughs> I forgot I used to have a bit where I go, our safe word is, you call that fucking. I thought that was so funny. I don't know if that was on a special. Any who's a woozle. He goes on to say that, that fours love depth. They love their feelings. They love creating depth and intimacy. And, and, and they like really yearn to know who they really are beyond their personality. Like who they really are. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And he says... That the dark side of it can be like a self-centeredness, like a narcissism. Yeah. Ooh, a quick, a quick agree on the narcissism. Bring it on, baby. I need my daily humiliation. Strike me down and ten more will rise up in my place. Ten more idiots talking about the Enneagram and Brody and veganism and comedy. I didn't mean it that way. I thought you totally should because I was like, the three is, the, the shortcoming of the three is deceit. And I don't consider myself a very deceitful person. And I do consider myself, I think very rightly, someone who can verge into self-centeredness. Val is nodding in a sweet way that says, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I wish the audio on that was better. We would watch it. Anyway, so that's one of the arcs on this show. The other arc is Brody. And this is the little, I think this is very sweet. So obviously I've been doing a lot of work with Brody. Um, and I don't know, he's just a way that I'm out of control. He's, he's got a lot of instincts and most of them tell him to bark. Yeah. Right? So this is the punchline. Everybody knows that already. Now when I come in, the, one of the ways that I'm working with it is I still say shh when I come in, but I'm talking to myself. Isn't that a good little punchline? Ah. Uh. Yeah, I still do it, 
But I, you know, it's so dumb. We're going, shh, shh, but we know he's not going to stop. But I still do it because I'm saying to me, Pete, shh, it's okay. Dogs bark. You are not unsafe. It's You're making it more annoying by building this huge story about it. Um, like the voice in me that, that doesn't like Brody is I'm like, I like Brody as much as I can like anything that shits on my lawn six times a day. Like, but that's not who I want to be. I love Brody. He's a furry little bunny slipper. And he barks. So now I go, easy, easy, easy. I say it out loud. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But I'm telling Pete that it's okay. I was really excited to share that. That's really sweet. The only thing you can control is your own reaction, Anne. Is your own reaction. Yeah, we, I understand. So that was, that was really great. And it leads me to my reading for this week, which I've read before, but I, I read it and, I, and it applies to Brody. And it applies to everything in the world. And it's called The Welcoming Prayer, and it's very short. And uh, this is what Richard writes about it. And then I'll read the the prayer itself. So he says, Spiritual teacher Mary Mrazowski composed and first taught what is now called The Welcoming Prayer, which many have found to be life-changing. Popularized by my dear friend and mentor, Father Thomas Keating, it is this simple and this hard. Listen to this. This is what this is. How, go ahead. God, he's good. I know. You mean Richie? I know. Here's the here's the prayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's actions within. God's action within. Amen. I just, I mean... It can be really hard to read this. I, I wasn't planning. So I had a, a psychedelic experience that I, I haven't shared all the details on because I'm just sort of giving it some some space. But the huge takeaway from it, which applies to this. And so what I'm saying is I, re- I used to read this prayer before the psychedelic experience and now reading it afterwards, I have a slightly different feeling. When I read it, I was like, I let go of my desire for survival and security or approval and pleasure. Like, how can I even say this? And I, it really comes down to what was revealed to me on this most recent sacred medicine sort of ritual was the, the mantra that I use on the journey that also became sort of the message that got blasted into me from the journey was trusting yourself, the capital S self. Not Pete, but consciousness itself, or you could say the divine itself, which in your deepest DNA, that's who you are. So I had this other joke where I go like, um, life, everything's going to be okay. But I don't know about humanity. I don't know about human beings, but I mean life. I mean, the big life has seen many calamities, has seen many extinctions. And this could maybe sound grim, but I actually mean it. You are that life. Deep down, you are that life. So I don't know if 
like where we're all headed. I, I tend to be optimistic about it. I, I feel like we'll figure things out and, and things tend to come together in the last minute when we really need to. It's similar to, I've heard Richard teach that it's similar to alcoholics becoming sober. We need to kind of, the planet needs to awaken to a sobriety. And what usually happens is there's like a rock bottom. There's like a, fuck, we're really, we're really in it now and we need to get sober. So just in the way a human being changes, I think the globe, the planet has a potential, the people on the planet has a potential to wake up in the same way. And I'm hopeful for that. And also, how long are we going to be here anyway? A billion years before something happens? An asteroid? Who knows? Who cares? And what I'm saying is your deeper self will be okay. So when Bob Marley says every little thing will be all right, that's literally true. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean Pete Holmes, everything will be okay. Pete Holmes could, a plane engine could fall on him right now. Aneurysm, all the different things. I'm not trying to freak anybody out. But when I know who I truly am, my capital S self, that's when I can pray in sincerity. I let go of my desire to change any situation or for uh, survival and security because you start trusting yourself. So... The without getting too into it, the 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 psychedelic experience was it was an ego death was a was a death experience. So I really had the sensation, and you already know this, I know, but I really had the sensation of a rehearsal for death, meaning the complete evisceration of anything that I could identify as a body, as a mind, as a personality, as an identity was completely gone. But here's the thing that I really really want to share is that like you don't do it alone because when you're go when you're getting pulled into life itself um that's not just your deepest self it is it's also everyone that's ever been it's everyone that is and it's everything and everyone that will ever be so i really came away with the feeling that heaven is a good metaphor that's where all your dead relatives are Okay, good kind of simplification of the idea that the all, A-L, capital A-L-L, that is the divine indwelling in all things, including us, that you are stirred into upon passing. Everybody, like, it always bums me out when people go, you're born alone and you die alone. And my experience, even though it wasn't a literal physical death, obviously, felt... I mean, as close as you could shave with the death razor without dying as possible is completely ineffable and completely eradicating, just completely gone. But it felt like I was a lobster and something picked me up by the tail and pulled me out of my shell. So it left the red shell, which is Pete and his identity, but it pulled my true nature out and into itself, out and down and through and up into And when I came back, I was like, I wasn't scared for a second. You're never alone. You can't be alone. So I had this very visceral, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I had this very visceral, meaning my brain can still go like, that was a drug. You were on a drug. It doesn't matter. Something was sandblasted into my bones that has become a part of my experiential visceral knowing that you do not go alone, that if you are dying and the void is creeping up into you, and we used to say things like this, but now I've experienced it, you are the void. You are the void. Where can I go that being isn't? You know what I'm saying? You are brought 
into something that is everything and paradoxically is also nothing. It was very Buddhist. It was nothing. It was very timeless. It was short and it lasted forever. Both. There was definitely a moment when it felt like two Legos clicked together. This language will fail me. And it sparked into white light. And I remember going, oh, this is, I, this is not true. I did not think, oh, because there was nothing to think, oh. But there was a perception from somewhere of, oh, time has stopped. Like everything has stopped. But I just, the reason, I'm, I, I don't want to talk too specifically about the experience until I've had more time to process it. But what I couldn't wait to share, and on this, the silliest of episodes with you talking in a, a voice app, is that you don't go alone and you're and it's like being it's like being a spoonful of sugar stirred into the iced tea of everything and that that is the good news so when you go trust yourself trust yourself so a mantra i used before and i've been using since is i trust myself like i'm going my intention going into the trip was it's the divine in me desiring itself so I'm taking the God divine indwelling in me and I, I'm letting it merge with itself in this beautiful, romantic reunion. And that's what death was revealed to me as being. You know what you might call that? Good news. And I was like, it's everyone goes there. Everyone goes there. It had nothing to do with like, let me scan you like the TSA, are you worthy? What mattered was all of this work, all of this study, all of this practice that we've done. Um, Richard says the essence of faith is accepting that you are accepted. The way that I phrase that is trust yourself. Trust yourself that you are not an error. Pete is not an error. He is a beloved son of God. You are a daughter of God. Everyone listening is a child of the infinite mystery. And death is a return. And it's an embrace. And it's it's putting down the bags of who Pete is, is a huge relief. It's a relief to just, uh, it was like that. Sometimes you just, it's like a sound is the best way to describe it. It was like a, almost like cold water, but like good. It was intense and gentle and it was overwhelming and also completely familiar. And I just, I'll say it, you'll hear me say it on this podcast on episodes where Val can talk, but I really felt compelled to share it today. It's like God isn't other. It, it, we can think of God as other, but God is the sun in your belly, S-U-N. It's the light in your belly. And death is the removal of the lobster shell and taking out the sun. And, and it's a mantra I use all the time. I am a, a point of light within a greater light. So your light goes into the great light all of the metaphors are great. Heaven is great. Going towards a big light is great. You know, like getting mixed into it. But to have had this experience, let's let's unpack it just a little bit. I can't wait to hear what you typed. Trust yourself, meaning it's not someone else. It's not a lifeguard on a tall chair who's mad at you. It's you. It's you playing out this as that. <laughs> so trust yourself means trust life. You can trust reality. That's like this. I know that it's for my healing. That changed. That line changed. Before my trip and after my trip, I can read, I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. And really mean it. Really mean it. And when I go, 
I des- I let go of my desire for survival and security because I tr- don't just trust life. I trust death. I trust death. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe it happened to me, which is often what religious experience is, or, or you could say psychedelic experience too, but it's like it, it was it was given to me and I just was excited to share it with you guys. When I came back, obviously Val doesn't do psychedelics anymore. I told her about the trip even more than this. And she, and remember you said, I, I'm so glad this is exactly what I needed to hear. And, you know, you were like, I'll never do that, but I'm so glad you did. And I said, and I was in a real woo-woo, walking on water sort of, you know, mystical place. And I was like, if you think the divine doesn't love you enough to let me have this trip for both of us, you're crazy. And 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 that's why I asked Mirabai Star. I was like, it felt so sacred and so special. I don't know if I should talk about it. And again, I'm not being super entirely specific because it's it's still somewhat fresh. You know, it's been weeks and weeks, but it's still somewhat fresh. Um, and she was like, it's food. You should share that. It's food. And I can't I can't say it enough. I love saying it. That meant so much when you said that. And after you're still transmuting the magic, I can't hear this enough. Truly. It's such good news. It really comforts me. It comforts me. There's such, like, it's funny. On this pod, we say a lot of things. And a lot of times, they're anchored in experience. They're anchored in experiential knowing. But some of the higher level things, like God guru and self are one, or God is not up there, God is here that uh, Richard Rohr was on a hermitage he was on a like a like a hermitage he was alone for a month and he ran into another monk and the monk went up to Richard and, and recognized him and said if you tell people one thing god is not up there and he pointed to the sky god's not up there and i was like this was an experiential i'm sorry to keep using the same words but i don't know many words it was an embodied happening it was the demonstration of you, you're you going into God and God was there the whole time. So there's no gap. I think that's what we're afraid of. I think we're afraid of pain and I think we're afraid of a gap. And when you go like, how could there be a gap? I came out of the trip and the first thing I said, crying, I, I was saying, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, which is the punchline of the forgiving son, the forgiving father, also known as the prodigal son. The prodigal son goes off, wastes his inheritance, slops with the the hogs and comes back and begs for forgiveness from the father. And the father says, are you kidding me? You're always with me and everything I have is yours. It's right there. I also said the other Bible verse I said was, what parent would give their child a snake when they ask for bread? It's right there in black and white or red if you had one of those Bibles. Over and over, it's telling you. But Richard goes on and I'm reading Order, Disorder, Reorder. It's called The Wisdom Pattern. It's a really badass book, meaning he really drops a lot of hard truth in that book. And he talks about the human reluctance to hear good news. We're so much quicker to believe bad news than we are to believe good news. So it's no wonder you have to hear it over and over and over. And even though we had talked about it over and over and over, it didn't get into my marrow until an incredibly extreme experience said, let me show you. Let me, 
let's do a dress rehearsal for you dying and I'm going to pull you out of your body. And believe me, that is a, that's a thing. <laughs> like you're gone and you went nowhere and where could you go? You are always with me and everything I have is yours. You make your bed in the depths, you are there. You put your bed in the heavens, you are there. You can't be closer to or further from God because it's what's looking out your eyes right now. And it's playing in you, through you, and as you. And death really was experienced. Homecoming is too cheap of a word. Ecstasy is, is too cheap because that makes it sound like a high or like a positive feeling. It wasn't just like a lighting up of my pleasure sensors. It wasn't even, it's not, it wasn't like that. It was more of a just, let me show you. Let me, sh- let me pour you the cup of water that you think is you into the ocean just so you can undulate in the waves for a little bit and go, Pete who? I couldn't even think Pete who. I could, when the trip came on, I was going, I trust my, it was like that. And it was sucked, gone, best time of my life. And I love being Pete, but it was trust. And now when I do my gratitude journals in the morning, I always write trust of self. Trust of self, trust life, trust death, trust reality. And, and of course, like anybody that would have had that experience, I come back shouting at everybody like, it's okay. But boy, I, 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 I'm so glad I had that experience. Also, I think if you just made it a daily practice to say the welcome everything for my healing one, I bet it would enhance your joy 10%. For me or just anybody. Yeah, I mean, welcome, just the welcome, welcome, welcome is a great little prayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. Those three lines, and that feels heart true to me as well. And that doesn't mean that sometimes Brody's barking doesn't scare me or annoy me or whatever. But that's why you can go, shh, to Pete. It's for my healing. It's okay. All thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I welcome them. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I let go of my desire to change myself. I am. O- I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within. Amen. What a great... Val's typing, so I read that again to, because it's awesome, and also just to give you a moment. Sometimes I say a prayer that says thank you for giving me just the right amount of suffering to help me heal and grow and awaken. I mean, this is going to sound like a joke, but some of you know I have something on my right hand called Dupuytren's Contracture, and I've been getting these treatments from... It's not a massage. It's like a... It's the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. It's physical therapy, basically. And it's like working beneath the surface to really hard, like fingernail push drags and twists into your deep tissue of my arm and my hand. And yesterday I got, it was, oh, it's also eight hours, eight hours. It's eight hours. You might enjoy the first hour, but seven hours later, I was, I was broken. And it's like, 
And by the way, the practitioner, I won't say her name just because I am kind of talking about how painful it was, was so amazing. And she's so gifted. And it was the most painful thing I'm pretty sure I've ever, ever had happen to me in my life. And also because it was so prolonged, twisting and pushing. So it's like having a bruise and then someone just keeps pushing really hard into the bruise and running their finger over and over and over and over. And then you after six hours of that, she would go to a certain area and I'd go, please stop, please stop, in my head, please stop, please stop. And eventually, even though I'm super non-confrontational, I had to go at hour eight. I was like, I got to tap out. I got to stop. I got to stop. And my hand is all swollen today. And my arm looked like Freddy Krueger. It had all these lines and tracks. Again, a miracle healer, an expert in her field. And I just wanted to say re-suffering and re-pain. It was, there was a gift in it. I hated it. I went into the bathroom and almost cried. It was so, it wasn't just the pain. It was the powerlessness of it. And it was something that I was doing. I was enduring to get well. But I went in the bathroom and it was so sort of broken. And I also think we store pain and memory in our muscles. And I think she freed some stuff. And I just felt sort of humiliated and broken and like a little ashamed. So many things, all the bad things. It was all of these junior high feelings in the bathroom. And then afterwards, to your point, I was like, it made me realize that there's people in way worse pain. And then there's people in all different gradations of pain. And it fucking sucks. It's so hard. And, you know, you and I, we try to be okay, but we we sometimes, we have such a privileged life. And from that experience, I was like, some people live with chronic pain. Some people are always in pain. Or some people are just in pain the day that I see them. Maybe don't flip that car off. You know what I mean? Maybe do hold the elevator. Maybe do smile. Maybe do extend compassion to an unhoused person. Pain is fucking real. <laughs> and if that's, if that's all I got from that experience, then it was worth it. If it heals my hand, we'll see. I hope so. But th- that just reminded me. I think that's a good... We should read the ad, and then I have a poem you can read. You think we're good? Well, we have we have uh, an, a couple more ads. Well, we have to talk about the Apollo, which is easy and natural. I'm wearing my Apollo. Apollo Neuro is a new wearable that helps your body recover from stress. That is such an understatement. The Apollo Neuro uses gentle vibrations. You wear it. It's wearable tech. You wear it on your wrist. If you're me, my friend uh, Doug wears it on his ankle. Um, but it delivers gentle, soothing vibrations that your nervous system interprets as it's okay. It's like a wearable hug for your nervous system. It's touch therapy that helps you feel safe and in control, helps you recover and rebalance after stress. So after this physical therapy that I got yesterday, immediately put it on Rebuild and Recover, sending those messages into my nervous system. It's okay. Let's recalibrate. Let's come back to baseline. Energy and wake up is like a shot of espresso, but you don't have to get caffeine in your system, which I love. Perfect before a workout. Um, so you, we get it, bro. Social and open, great for parties. Clear and focused, which is what mine is on right now. I'm on clear and focused right now. Keep it up. I love that. Uh, meditation and mindfulness has changed my meditation game. If that's all it did, 
I would be promoting the hell out of it to my friends and to you guys as well because I've had the deepest and easiest meditations I've had in years, meditating with the Apollo and meditation setting. Relax and unwind is what I put it on in a lot of situations, but most often in the evening to de-stress at the end of the day. It often makes me fall asleep, which I mean, how many of us are having a glass of wine or smoking weed? Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's so cool to just use science and and your nervous system to learn how to regulate itself and it's it's not just helping it's training your nervous system to cope with stress better over time meaning the more you use it the better it works the apollo was developed by dr david rabin who was a podcast guest a couple weeks ago and a board certified psychiatrist so this is not a mood ring it's not a crystal this isn't woo woo you know i love woo woo and i do this is not woo woo this is hard science and they've been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years if the effects on stress sleep cognitive performance and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real world studies and there's more studies coming out dr dave told me and you can get 10 percent off by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird oh sorry slash weird that's a-p-o-l-l-o-n-e-u-r-o dot com slash weird <laughs> it's still not old it's still not old and last but not least, MeUndies. Are you afraid of glow-in-the-dark? Well, shield your eyes, because the new MeUndies Halloween just dropped. Dead. If there's one collection you don't want a ghost, is this one. Newspaper. With five new prints to turn up the terror, you should summon them before it's too late. Val and I heard about MeUndies on another podcast that we love, and we did a top-to-tails overhaul of our entire wardrobe of undies, lounge pants, and onesies. Believe it or not, I had onesies, and I replaced them with me undies onesies. And we, there's no going back. They're the best fitting, funnest patterned. Mine today is uh, mermaids, mermaids, on, and mermen, mermen, maids and men. Uh, they fit fantastic. They look fantastic. It's one of the first things you do in the morning is put on undies, and I wanted that to be a happy and bright and wonderful soft good feeling uh, moment of my day. So whether you're out running a killer or being abducted by aliens this Halloween, be comforted by the fact that your undies are sustainable and the softest in town. MeUndies are made from natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees, making their micro-modal fabric soft, breathable, and dangerously cozy. Get the spooky season up and hunting with five new prints, I See You, My Boo, Tricks and Treats, Lazy Bones, and Lazy Pumpkin. Available in undies, bralettes, socks, and loungewear in sizes extra small through 4XL. There's a lot of options to consider, but make a decision quickly because there's someone right behind you. JK, not really. It's just an, it's just an ad. <laughs> MeUndies has a great offer for weirdos. For any first-time purchasers, get 15% off and free shipping. They also have a promise if you're not satisfied for any reason, you can return your order for full refund within 45 days. So get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. Weird. <laughs> okay, those are the ads. Sorry uh, for doing them in the middle here. We just, you know, we just wanted to roll on Val not having a voice, so there's no intro on this one. That's what's Should happening. we plug the Largo show? Oh, yeah. October 18th. That's in uh, four days. It's going to be me, Val, Moshe, and uh, Natasha. So Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. They have the wonderful Endless Honeymoon podcast. We have We Made It Weird, and we're blending them together for the We Made It and We Made It Weird Endless Honeymoon joint podcast live at Largo. 
What do you Racist got? Stephen Hawking himself will be there. That's right. One of the two of the funniest people in the world, Moshe and Natasha, and we love them. Live in kind kind of a double date, taking questions from you guys, taking questions from callers from their podcast. And I just Instagrammed uh, a two for one. So the link in my bio is a two for one tickets um, because that's how badly we want people to be there. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I had. Thanks for listening. I, I We just didn't want to take a week off. Hopefully Val's voice. Oh, if you've had a polyp, send uh, Valerie a, a, an Instagram DM and let her know uh, what helped. Because we'd like to avoid surgery, obviously. She's trying rest right now. But if you have uh, a remedy or a technique or something that helped you, please share it with us. That's helped us in the past. Yes, please. And we really appreciate you guys. It's so funny. One more thing about my psychedelic experience. Since then, I've gone off social media. I've started flossing. (laughs) Uh, There's other things that I've just been, oh, gratitude listing. Uh, Wim Hof breathing. Been way better about doing that every day. What I'm saying is, if I was going to write a book about psychedelics, it would be like, take psychedelics, start flossing. I think that's what Michael Pollan, who I've always wanted to get on the podcast, is saying, is that like it increases neuroplasticity, these experiences. But one of the reasons I don't want to talk about it is I don't want to sound like I'm just indiscriminately promoting them. Um, so please uh, don't take this from me saying you should do it. I'm just telling you what happened to me. Okay, here's the poem. Okay, this is called Allow by Dana Falds. There is no controlling life. Try corralling a lightning bolt containing a tornado. Dam a stream and it will create a new channel. Resist and the tide will sweep you off your feet. Allow and grace will carry you to higher ground. The only safety lies in letting it all in. The wild and the weak. Fear, fantasies, failures and successes. When loss rips off the doors of your heart or sadness veils your vision with despair, practice becomes simply bearing the truth. In the choice to let go of your known way of being, the whole world is revealed to your new eyes. What a good one. Oh my God. Oh, we'll have our first robotic. Keep it. Val, thank you so much. I'm sorry you couldn't talk as much. We'll talk about my experience another time when you can obviously I can't say it enough I'll say it as many times as I can I love remembering it and I love saying it and I love sharing it so we'll do that again um, when you're able to talk more I thought it was good because I knew I could talk about it without um, you know needing somebody this worked better than I thought it would I know should I be embarrassed by that is because I'm a blowhard you can't put on Gymnopedia number one and not calm down. Thanks, everyone, for bearing with me. Oh, you're so sweet. One one-hundredth of a Valerie is better than any anybody else on any podcast, except Brett Goldstein, who's great. Oi, it's movies to be buried with. Oh, <laughs> you erased Keep It Crispy. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Keely, are we breaking up? So I can be with Val. 
Um, okay, get it ready because we're gonna we're gonna end. Uh, thank you, everybody. Keep keep it crispy. <laughs> thank you, my love.